Well, welcome to uh, Youth Sunday. As you can tell, as you've seen, the, uh, we had the, the youth doing um, ushering and greeting and doing the tithes and like, what's going on? And these, and these other people up here doing worship. Uh, we, we have taken over the church for this Sunday, um, and uh, I'm excited about that. Um, one, one other thing real quick, uh, I wanted to remind you guys again about um, this Thursday coming up. We're going to have Kevin and Aaron Green. And the three daughters are going to be doing like a Christmas type of program. They're doing um, um, some music. If you've never heard them, or um, they're, they're really awesome. Like I've heard them before. They're just super talented, and they're just awesome. So be here Thursday. And uh, maybe so i got to work, call off work. Just kidding, don't call off work. But, um, <clears throat> but, but be here. It's, it's going to be an awesome time. Um, they're, they're really just awesome musicians. They love the Lord. And, uh, and um, yeah, it, yeah, just a little kind of, I guess, description of, like, their style, like the style of the range is going to be from like traditional to like classical jazz. It's going to be like a very broad range. So I'm excited. It's going to be cool. If you're, uh, especially, um, you know, we're, we're coming to the Christmas time. So with all the holidays and everything, and um, it's just an awesome time. I, I really encourage you guys to be here. Bring a friend, bring family, bring every, bring everyone. Bring the, if you're at the store, bring the, bring your registered clerk with them. I don't know. Bring everyone with you. It's going to be awesome. Well, um, today we are going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, we have this thing that we're doing every time when someone else teaches or when Pastor Zeke's not here and somebody else fills in, we're going to be going through 1 Corinthians. So uh, when we first started off, Pastor Gary's the one who started us off in 1 Corinthians, and it was uh, just really awesome. Um, you know, he talked about the radical, uh, you know, our, our radical change in our lives when we come to Jesus Christ, and, and we described about Paul the Apostle, and then, uh, and he started us off, and then Pastor Daniel, he, he, he uh, continued in chapter one with Christ alone, and, you know, making the, the main thing the main things, and, and um, just to give you guys, I guess, a real quick, again, a background about First Corinthians, you know, First Corinthians, there was a, there was an issue in the church, right, and they're having these rival factions, there was, there's different camps in one church, and they were, uh, <clears throat> they were arguing, they were bickering about, oh, I'm a Paul, I'm a Apollos, right? They were, they were having all these little uh, kind of arguments and um, all these dissensions in the church when they should have been united and going out with, the, you know, furthering the kingdom of the Lord. And Paul had to kind of address these things with them. You know, they were being puffed up with pride because, you know, Corinth would, um, had a lot to, uh, they, were, they were very prideful when it came to philosophy and intellect. You know, they had all these Greek philosophers there. So, so th- there was a lot of pride in that city already and that pride started coming to the church and, and they wanted to have these, these kind of standards in the church as well. It's like, well, I'm of this teacher, I'm of this teacher, and I'm of this, right? So they're having uh, these type of things, and, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Daniel was talking, I like how he talked about how, that that comes in the church as well, right? It starts coming to the church where where there's different ministries, and like, oh, you guys don't understand, children's ministry, like we have, that's that's a really big struggle, we're always trying to fill people in, and and that's so we have the hardest ministry. Then they talked about the youth ministry. No, the youth ministry, they're, they're the ones that are they're always struggling. And he, and he said how, how youth leaders can be, uh, you know, stuck up and arrogant from time to time. I don't know where he got something like that from. But, but with that being said, uh, if you guys don't know me, my name is Jacob. I, I run the youth. I'm the stuck-up youth leader who thinks he's better than everyone else. So <clears throat> no, not really. But, um, but that's where we kind of uh, left off last week, or not last week, but last time we are in Corinthians and... Um, so I'm going to finish off the chapter, hopefully, right? Hopefully we get through this. But um, <clears throat> we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 26, and we're going to read to the end of the, the chapter. All right. 
It says, uh, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, or many wise among you according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and, and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let's pray again. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, as we uh, as we were just singing that last song, Lord, uh, we are set free, Lord. Um, Lord, you've, you've set us free, Lord, from our sin, from our shame. God, you broke those that bondage, Father. Now we can freely worship you, God. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your love, Lord. I pray, Lord, for any here, Lord, who, um, Lord, uh, Lord, today, Lord, um, and every day, Father, it's, it's about you, Lord. We want to glorify you, Lord. You are so worthy of our praises, God. And I pray, Lord, um, Lord, sometimes our, our life, Lord, it gets, it gets just uh, overwhelming and, and so many things go on, Lord. But I pray that we would look to you, Lord, because you're faithful, Lord, and because you love us, Lord, and, and, and you're with us every step of the way, God. So I pray, Lord, we would be encouraged this morning, Lord. I pray for any who have heavy hearts, God. Lord, as the holiday seasons come around, Lord, as we're already here, Lord, we just had Thanksgiving, Father, that, um, Lord, for, for many of us, Lord, it's an awesome time where we get together with family and loved ones, but for some, Lord, it, it's a lonely time, Lord, and, and it, um, because maybe they, they have no one or, or whatever the case may be, God, and the holidays aren't the best times, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you would uh, surround them, Father, with your presence, with your love, Lord, that they would know, Lord, they have a, a church here who loves them, God, Lord, and who wants to lift them up, and, and, um, and Lord, just, um, Lord, show them that love of, of Christ, Lord. So we just, Lord, we just come before you, God. Speak through me, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit will have full reign, Lord, and that we, uh, Lord, just be attentive to your word, Father. Not not what I have to say, but what you have to say, God. So we thank you. We praise you in your name. Amen. All right. Um, if I can read it to you guys in the, I, I like the New Living Translation. Something like, um, once I read like a, a portion of scripture, I like reading it in in different uh, other translations, just so I can you know, bring out the meaning more, but I really like the New Living Translation and what it says. So I'm going to read it to you there, and then we'll continue. It says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. I love that, right? <clears throat> and we come to this, this portion of Scripture, um, you know, just like before, if you guys remember when we were last in Corinthians, we were talking about all these, these dissensions that were going on, these, like, these fights over, over, uh, over petty things and, and things that the world fights over, right? These, these Corinthians were, were, were like fighting and saying, oh, you know, we're, we're with this camp, we're with the Paul camp, we're with the Apollos camp, and, and they're trying to make themselves better than the other ones in, in this dissension, but... Um, See, the thing about it, when, when we come to, to Jesus Christ, you know, the, the cross of Christ, like, when we come to, to the cross, it, we're, we're all on level ground, right? 
None of us are higher or lower than anyone else. None, none of us can boast and say, oh, I'm, I'm better. Look, look what, you know, of course Christ saved me, right? Of course, I mean, like, of course he called me. I'm like, I'm totally qualified for that, right? And, um, and they were having all these dissension and all these bickering, and instead of being united to go out with the gospel of Jesus Christ, they were fighting it and, and um, having all these, these things. And, and it reminds me of, uh, it kind of reminded me of like of high school, right? Right? I mean, I, I teach high school and junior high, so like, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes you deal with drama, right? But if you guys remember, uh, not all the time, once in a great while. But, um, <clears throat> but if it, I don't know, I was thinking about high school, and I was like, I, 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 didn't, I couldn't stand high school. I was ready, like, to leave high school and, and move on with my life. It was, it was like a soap opera, like, every day, right? Something, something, something was always going on. It was, like, meaningless, right? It was just, it was like, you know, people get, like, get all upset over, like, something you think, oh, man, like, you know, um, just you think something really bad happened like like my daughter she's she's two and like sometimes she'll scream and cry and like i think oh man she like fell or broke something again right because she does that a lot she's like her she's a stunt uh, she likes doing stunts i don't know why right but but sometimes she'll like scream and freak out and we like we run it's like oh my gosh she's hurt and like she can't like pull her blanket off her bed and she's like freaking out i'm like i'm like girl your drama what's going on like it's it's, it's just a, you know and we're like freaking out right and it's sometimes in the same way, like when I was in high school, all those things used to happen. Used to get like, oh man, like crazy stuff, and and over over just petty things. And this this kind of was happening in the church, right? They're they're fighting over all these petty things. All these things are like just they, they don't they're they're meaningless. It, it, it's all about Jesus Christ. That's what it comes down to. It's not about a person or a man or, or this teacher, the way they teach, or this this church, the way they run things. It, it's about Jesus Christ, right? <clears throat> That's the main thing. Or sometimes we're like, oh, we're from Calvary Chapel. We don't associate with whatever other churches out there. As long as we're preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified, then you know, we need to pray for them and, and be with Him and not be an essential. We can do that sometimes, right? We can be like, oh, this is our church. We don't, we don't associate with those other churches, whatever, you know. And we can have this attitude. But I like what uh, Paul is about to do here. He, uh, he kind of, he has to like, Paul's about to like bring him back to reality, right? Like kind of humble him and, and, uh, and show them, he's like, hey, you know, like, um, I mean, you guys are talking all this, all this, all this stuff, like you guys are good, like you guys have something to bring to the table to Jesus Christ when he saved you, right? But he, he's about to let him know, he's like, you're not worthy, right? You're not, you're not, you're not qualified. There's, there's nothing wise about you. And verse 26, we start off, he says, for consider, right, or really think about your calling, brethren, right? He says, there were not many wise among you according to the flesh, not many mighty or no, not many noble, right? He's, he's telling these Corinthians, basically, like, there, there's, like, you know, he's not saying that everyone, one, any one of them were, like, you know, there's, there's none of these qualities. There were some, but they were, like, the minority, right? There, were, there weren't, um, it, was, it was lacking, though. In the world standards, like, the Corinthians, for the most part, like, they weren't the elite of society, right? They're probably, like, when they were growing up in school, they are probably, like, the last to be picked for kickball, right? You always hated to be picked last on, on a sport or something. <clears throat> right? These were the kind of, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, the people were in the church, Right, they they were not, um, you know. Again, they weren't the elite of society, right? You know, God isn't, uh, you know, God isn't impressed by like our, you know, our our financial status, right? Our social status, any degrees that we have, anything like that. Says that's that's what the world does, right? They're all about status and oh, look at these achievements I've done, look at these trophies, look at these awards, or or whatever the case may be. You know, those type of things. That's God didn't when he was like when when he. Uh, when he chose it for himself, you know, he chose, like he said, the foolish things of the world. He wasn't like, oh man, this guy or this girl, like, they got everything on the criteria. They got the list. Like, I want them, right? When you go for a, 
for a job interview, you give your you know your resume or whatever, and there's other people applying for the job. They they want to pick the the best person, right? The the best qualified one, right? It's always a bummer when you say, yeah, you're not qualified. Sorry, right? It's a letdown, right? Well, like to what Paul basically says, like none of you guys are qualified. None of you, none of you can say like, oh, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm good, right? I, I can attain or or we have this uh, this advantage, like this holy advantage. None of us have have that advantage, right? Right. Um, maybe you played sports as I played sports when I was growing up and, and uh, <clears throat> you always hated like the kids or, or people who were like, not hated, hate's a strong word, right? You just kind of got irritated, right? When, especially like say if, like if you're playing a sport or you're, you're really good and someone else comes in and there's like a gifted, talented athlete or maybe not even athletes if you're like learning an instrument and someone's like, oh yeah, I can play that and they've never played it before and they just start playing it. It's like, oh man, I can't stand you sometimes, right? I love you, but I can't stand you, right? Those type of people, they're just like, they're just good at what they do, right? They're just like they're they're just like gifted, like naturally gifted with stuff, and you're like, and, and for you it's like a struggle, right? Well, for for all of us, none of us are gifted naturally with with uh, with this with holiness or righteousness, right? We're all lacking in those things. And he says here for these again to these Corinthians, like, hey, not all of you were, you know, were like this. You guys, you know, you guys came out of, um, of all these sins in First Corinthians six nine six nine through eleven. Paul. You know, he, he kind of describes them again, right? The Corinthian church. <clears throat> and I'm going to read this again in the New Living Translation. He says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, who commit adultery, or who are, who are male prostitutes, who practice homosexuality, who are thieves, are greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God, right? That's, that's pretty... Uh, it's a pretty long list, right? But he says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God uh, by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God, right? That's awesome because I don't know about you, like, you know, we see this list and we're like, oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty broad list. There's a lot of things. We see like the Corinthians, they're, they're, some of these guys, some of them were like in heavy, deep sin, right? But God freed them from those things and, and he's, he's reminding them of those things. Like, look at where you came from, right? <coughs> But now, like, you come into the church and you think, like, oh, like, I'm, I'm holier than thou. We have this attitude. Maybe you've seen those type of people in the church, right, who, who come in. They're like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I lead this ministry. I do this. I do that. And they kind of have this, like, arrogant tone. And you're like, you're about to get humbled. You better watch your back. Right? You better watch out. Because that's what's going to happen. But that's, he's trying to remind them. and say, look where you guys came from. Look what, look what God brought you out of. And now you're, like, you're boasting that you're, you're this or, like, you, you know, you're God's favorite or something, right? Right, um, the God, the Word says that there's no partiality with God. Right, we're all God's favors, basically. Right, we're not. We can't really say, "Oh, God, you know, God loves me more than you." Right. Remember when, like, when we were kids, and uh, you're at the playground, and like, I don't know, it just happened to me. Like, you see, like, arguments with with your friends. Like when I when I was growing up, you know, there used to be a thing. Oh, my dad's stronger, or whatever the case may be. So now my dad's stronger. No, my dad could beat up your dad. Well, let's fight right now. Let's do this, right? And, and we get and we get crazy. Like we 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 do all those things. And sometimes, like I can come in the church. Oh, you know, I, I do this ministry. I do that ministry, or I follow after this person, or I listen to this teaching, or I do this. And um, and we can have these, you know, these attitudes, and and it, and it can uh, reflect all those things. Um, there's another verse in in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2, if you remember the day of Pentecost, right, when, when the Holy Spirit came and, and uh, it came upon the church or the, the, you know, the, the disciples and the church was born at that time, right? They so said the Holy Spirit came upon them and they started speaking in the tongues of other mans and everyone started hearing this and they're like, what's going on, right? Um, let me read it to you in, in um, 
Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. You guys can write it down and uh, look at it later. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring or a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of, um, of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave it their ability. <clears throat> At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and they heard the loud noise. Everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, these people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native tongue. And I like how he says this, right? Because these people realize, like, these were Galileans. These were, like, country, simple folk, right? They weren't educated. How are they able to speak all these languages? What's going on, right? And, um, and I, I like how it says that because, you know, it's like God uses those simple things, right, to, to do a mighty work. And we, uh, <clears throat> and we go on to verse 27, right? And he says here, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the spicing God has chosen. Um, the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are. I, li- I love these verses. Like This is for me because I remember when I first came to the Lord... Um, and uh, when I when I was able to like start serving, right, and and you know they asked me like, we want you to start like teaching. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's dumb, right? I'm like I'm, I'm mostly I was just like freaked out. Like I don't like speaking in front of people. Like it's it's just not what I like doing, right? It's not comfortable to me. But um, you know, as as you know, they I was kind of discipled and, and just praying about it, and I was starting to teach, and I was like, okay, this is this is crazy. But uh, you know, I started like just seeing like the Lord work through me. But after a while, like I, I just you know, what, what the enemy likes to do, right? Like, um, especially when you're doing something, when the Lord's using you, you're like, man, this is awesome. God is just doing an awesome work. The enemy likes, you know, throwing in those whispers of discouragement, right? It's like, look at me. You know, so you think like, you know, God is using you and all this stuff, but I remember what you used to do, like how you used to be, the way your mind used to work. And, and, and he, he begins to whisper these, this, this discouragement, these condemnations in your life. And you can get discouraged really easy and be like, man, like, why am I even here? And we be, we can begin to have these feelings of like, oh man, I can't do this. I don't. I shouldn't be doing this, right? Well, you know, none of us should be doing this, right? It's God who's called us, right? We're, you know, we're we're flawed and chosen, right? God is again. God has chosen those things, um, those those foolish things of the world to confound the wise. But that's that's what He likes doing, right? God, He He loves using a, you know, like like broken vessels for His purpose, right? That's what He ends, that's what He does a lot of times, and um. And I, I wanted to encourage you guys, like, one of the things the Lord just really put on my heart is, is you know, it, I think it was an awesome thing that, you know, we have pretty much all the, except for, you know, uh, first service for the nursery, but we have all, the, all everything filled up, all the classes, and that, that's just awesome, right? That's, that should be uh, just something we should praise God about. Right, but, but maybe some, some of the reasons why we don't want to serve is we feel unqualified. We feel like, oh, man, Lord, I mean, I, I you know, I know you saved me. I know you want to use me, but I, I'm just I'm so unworthy, right? And, um, and that's not a bad place to be, but we need to understand that that God has called you, God has chosen you. Where God, where God, when God chooses you, He's going to provide you with the things you need, right? If you're if you're willing to serve, if you're willing to to take that step of faith, God is going to you know He's going to enable you through His Holy Spirit to do those things, right? And sometimes we we can get freaked out because we feel like I can't do this, I'm not qualified to do this, and and um, you know again, none of us are, right? But if God has chosen you, He's called you, then then know without a shadow of a doubt that He's going to He's He's you know He's going to work through you. He's going to work through you through His Holy Spirit. And um, <clears throat> especially in the children's ministry, right? And we have 
awesome, um, you know, the, the ones who oversee it, Bill and Kathy, who oversee the, the children's ministry, like, they're awesome, they're amazing, they're going to they're gonna give you everything you need to, to help you be successful, right? They're not just going to throw you in there and just be like, okay, bye, hopefully you do okay. All right, we'll check in, you. we'll check with you in a couple months and see how you're doing, right? They're not going to do those things, they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to be there, they're going to help you out, they're going to give you all the materials that you need, but um, in the end, God's Holy, if God's Holy Spirit is within you, He's going to enable you to do those things if you're willing to. Right? He's, and, and again, we can get so discouraged. We can be like, oh man, like, I, I don't feel like, you know, I, I still get like that a lot of the times, right? When I, whenever I teach, even this morning, like last night I was reading my study, I was like reading it and like, I don't know, it just like, this doesn't make sense. How am I going to go up there and teach, right? And, uh, and just praying about it and just like having the Lord calm my heart, you know, and, and a lot of times we, uh, I need that. I need to remember that, you know, <clears throat> even though, you know, I'm not, I'm not qualified to do any of these things, or, or worthy, but God has called me, right? He's, he's called me, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's qualified me. He's, he's working in me. He's working in all of us, and it's just an encouragement for you guys to, you know, to step out and serve. It's such a blessing. It's, such, it's so awesome to serve the Lord in any aspect, from usher, doing ushers and greeting, and, and there's so many opportunities here to serve the Lord, and it's just a, an encouragement to, for you to do those things, right? But again, he comes in with these, with, with these condemnations, with these, this discouragement, right? I, he, like, I know, again, for me, that's a lot. It's like, man, like, I, I remember where I came from. I remember the things I used to do. Those things that were just like, <clears throat> you know, they're shameful, right? Yeah, I don't even like, like talking about them, the things I used to do. And, and the sense of condemnation comes upon you. Right? But, you know, Romans 8 says, you know, whoever's in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. Like, we're, we've, been, we've been freed. You know, the judgment's not upon us. God has freed us from that wrath. Christ took the wrath for us, so there is no more condemnation. That should be something we should rejoice over. Right? Um, if I can read you another scripture, it's in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. This is one of my favorite portions of scripture. It's always, this always encourages me because I feel like Jeremiah, I guess, a lot of times, except that I don't cry a lot, right? I don't like crying. My wife always says that because my wife, like, obviously my wife's awesome. She's amazing. She's emotional, right? She's like, why don't you ever cry? I was like, well, because you cry enough for both of us. So I'll let you cry. And, and uh, she's probably going to hear this and I'm probably in trouble later. It's fine. But it says in Jeremiah <coughs> chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, says, the Lord gave me this message. This is Jeremiah talking. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart or I consecrated you and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah says, oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I cannot speak to you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my word, words in your mouth. Today I have appointed you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. I love these verses. These are one of my favorite portions of scriptures. And because I, I'm like Jeremiah a lot of times. And maybe you're the same way. You're like, ah, you know, we, we try to make these excuses why... The Lord can't use me. I don't, I don't talk good. I stumble over my words all the time, right? Or I get, like, frustrated real easy. Or you want me to do children's ministry? I, I have no patience, right? That's why I don't have kids, because I don't have patience, you know? Or whatever the case may be, or, or you know, or I, the reason I don't have kids is I'm still a kid, you know, I'm, I'm still maturing or whatever the case may be. And um, <clears throat> even with the youth, right, I always try to encourage them, like, you're not too young to serve the Lord. Don't even, you know, don't even give me that, right? That's... Yeah, God, God, if, if you're willing, God is going to use you. You can use Just like he said to Jeremiah, look, I've put my words in your mouth. Or he says, don't, you know, don't say I'm too young because wherever you go, wherever I send you, you're going, right? God is, will make you 
successful. If he says that this is what's going to happen, then no, it's going to happen, right? But I love, again, I love this portion of Scripture because it's, it's just an encouragement to us that God wants to use you guys, that he wants to use all of us for his glory. And that's what it comes down to. See, again, the, the Corinthian church, they're all about, they're becoming about themselves. They're being puffed up with pride and, and make it all about themselves and all about me, right? <clears throat> but the church, we, you know, we're, we're called to exalt God, right? We're, and um, when Pastor Zeke is teaching, we're in Revelation right now. And every time, like, we see the scenes in heaven, it's all about God. It's all about Christ, right? He's being worshipped. He's being exalted. It's not about no one else, right? It's, it's not about none of those those people. And, and uh, we have to understand that it's about Jesus Christ, and he wants to use us, right? Sometimes we can, like, compare ourselves to others. That's what, I, that's what I did, like, when I first started teaching. is like, oh, I don't teach, like, Skip Heitzig or, or whoever, or Chuck Smith, or, or I don't have, like, that deep voice, like, uh, you know, like, um, I can't think of his name right now. Sorry. I'll, Ken Graves or something like that, right? Yeah. Or one of those guys, right? Or, um, or like that, or those, that type of passion, right? Or whatever the case may be. And we can start comparing ourselves and be like, oh, I can't do this, right? I'm not going to do it. Right? No, God, God didn't tell us, like, to be like this. Like, he told us to be like Christ, right? He didn't tell us to be like this pastor, or that leader, or that teacher, right? Um, Ephesians 2.10, it says this, for we are his workmanship, right? That means his, his, his masterpiece, right? And the Greek word, that's the word poema, if you guys don't know that, right? It says basically where his poem, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And again, I love that because God created you. Say he's a masterpiece. It's something based like an artist painting a picture. When he paints it, right, he, he, he focuses, right? He's, 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 uh, he's engaged in it, right? It's not just like, oh, he just throws paint around and says, okay, it looks all right. No, he took time, he took detail, and it says we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. So God's going to, he wants to do a good work in every single one of us, and we need to remember that. All right, but at the same time, you know, like, like the Corinthians were doing, they were like thinking that, hey, you know, like, of course God used me. Right? Of course God wants me to teach up here. Why wouldn't he want me to teach up here, right? If we can get this arrogant attitude like the Corinthians were having. But, um, but again, Paul's he says here, he's like, no, 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 it's, it's not about that. Right? You guys, you, you know, we, need to, we need to come back and, and come to this humble be, these humble beginnings. We need to look at uh, what, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> another portion of Scripture that I want to share with you guys and uh, just all these things I was thinking about especially in regards to, like, humility and stuff. Um, you know, Jesus, when he was in the Gospel of Mark, you know, he was talking to his disciples. And it's funny, if you guys ever, like, look at the disciples, right? They're like, you know, they're not, like, they're not a qualified bunch, right? You got fishermen, you got a, you got a tax collector, you got a zealot, you got somebody who's going to betray him eventually, right? You have Judas. You have all these guys, it's like ragtag team, right? And it's like, man, these aren't, like, these aren't the cream of the crop. He, he probably could have picked better people, right? right? But he uses these people, and, uh, and uh, this portion of Scripture in, in Mark 10, verses 41 through 45, like Jesus was just telling his disciples just not too long ago, he was like, hey, we're going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be arrested, and I'm going to die on the cross, right? And it's like, I don't know if it just like went in one ear out the other. And the next thing that we hear is John, um, John and James, the sons of Zebedee, they ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you. And like, I don't know, I guess I would have been like, like, so you didn't just hear what I said? Like, I put up my house to you, I'm going to die. You don't, like, nothing, right? Right, and he says, no, I want you to do for us whatever you want. He says, okay, what do you want to do, right? He didn't, like, you didn't hear, like, like, sigh or, like, oh, my gosh, right? But he says, what do you want me to do? He says, we want you to grant us, each of us, to sit on your right side and your left side in your kingdom, right? And he says, are you willing to take this, this cup that I'm going to drink? They say, yes, we are. And he says, you, you are, but, you know, at the time they understand, they're all about glory. They're all about themselves, right? They're all about, like, they're basically like a Corinthian, right? 
<clears throat> they're all about themselves. They're just like, yeah, they wanted this, this, this place of position and status. But when he says, you know, you're gonna, you are going to drink the cup, he's, he's talking about, like, you're going to suffer just like I'm. You're going to die just like I, I You're going to be persecuted just like I was persecuted, right? But it says after that in James 10, 41, it says uh, through 45, it says, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, since they were indignant, right? They got upset. Like, what do these guys think they are? It's like, I don't, I'm not going to follow them, right? And he says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must be slave of everyone else. And check this out, verse 45. You should like highlight this in your Bible, put like a smiley face or something, right? For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many, right? That's like, I mean, you can't even argue that, right? Like I can be like, well, I mean, I, sh- I should be in this position. Or I should be in this authority. No, even the Son of Man, God himself came down. And when he came down, he didn't come to say, hey, worship me now. Like, you know, he wasn't born in like the, the best, uh, you know, hospital. He was born in a manger, right? We're going to be, we're going to be, that's what we're going to be talking about this, this whole coming month about, you know, Christ's first coming and being born in the manger, being born in these humble means, right? He didn't come like when he was born, like with all this, this parade, all this procession, all this like thing that we would, that the world would be like, yeah, this is how you should have come, right? If the king's coming, like you need to have all these things going, all this, this big parade, this big festival of fireworks, pyrotechnics, all this stuff. <clears throat> but he came down, he says, no, I didn't come to be served. I, I came to serve, right? And give his life a ransom for many. He did that on the cross. And we need to have the same attitude as he did, right? And the Corinthians were missing this. And at the times, the disciples, they were missing this. They didn't understand. They were, they were constantly bickering, right? It says that a lot in the Gospels, and, and I, I, I appreciate that because, you know, I'm like, I'm just like them, right, at times. And we can be like them at times. Like, we see their humanity and how they're flawed and be like, they're constantly like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be like Jesus' right-hand man. You're not. Right? And they're like fighting with each other. I'm sure like when Jesus is walking, maybe talking and, and um, like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't paying attention to them. They're like pushing each other, right? You guys do that? Or maybe your kids do that, right? Like pinch each other or something. And they're like, Mom, he did this. And like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't do anything, right? And they're probably doing those type of things in the background, right? <laughs> All, yeah, they're just being like, they're just being like little kids. And I can imagine that. I don't know. I don't know how Jesus dealt with 12 of them. That'd be out of control, right? But he did, right? But he, um, but he dealt with them. And, 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 but he says this, he says, you know, he, he laid that example. This is what a leader is supposed to be like, right? And the world standards is not that way, right? It's all about like, it's about me, right? Serve me, do this for me. But Jesus says, no, I, I'm the king of everything, but I'm going to serve you guys. That's, that's, that's like, that's just um, crazy thinking. But that's what he says here to them. <clears throat> and uh, again, I love that. And he's just putting, the, putting those things to rest. Like, no, it's, it's, about, it's about God. It's not about us. Right? It's about serving others. That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. We need to serve each other. Right, and not, not look to be served, but to serve. And going on, he says, um, it's all, again, it's all about God's glory. And, you know, the, in the book of Acts, again, in, in a, you know, chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas, they, they go out to this area called Lystra, right? And they're, and they're preaching the gospel, and they see this guy who's listening, and he's lame. He was, I think he was lame from birth. And, uh, <clears throat> and Paul looked at him, and, and he, he, he told him, get up and walk. And he got up, he, he stood and started walking, right? He stood up, and they were, like, all amazed, all these people in Lystra, and then they, they, they start basically saying, like, oh, the gods have come, up, come among men, right? And they're calling uh, Barnabas, Zeus, and, and Paul Hermes, and they're going to start sacrificing these animals to them. They're basically saying, oh, these are like gods now. And then it says Paul and Barnabas, when they saw this happening, they said they, they tore their robes, 
and they rush into the crowd and say, hey, no, 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 don't do that, right? I'm, I'm, we're not God. We're telling you about God and how you need to serve him. But, um, <clears throat> but it's, no, it's not about us, right? And we see this in, in, uh, in Paul and Barnabas, you know, in Christ's service, and this, this characteristic of humility about God getting the glory needs to be in us as well, right? And all of us, you know, the, you know, the Bible says that we need to be humble before the Lord, that he's going to, you know, he'll, he'll bring down low someone who tries to exalt themselves. And um, going on again, he says here, like, he says, in verse 28, he says he uses the base things of the world to despise um, um, and the despise God has chosen. I like that word, base, base things. Basically what it means is, like, it's a, someone of low, uh, low birth, right? Kind of, maybe if you think of, like, the runt of the litter of the name, something most people usually don't want the run. They want like the firstborn, the strong one, right? <clears throat> but he says here, he says, you know, he uses the, um, you know, the base things of this world. And I like that. It reminded me of, you know, Gideon, right? In Judges chapter 6, if you guys know who Gideon is, right? It's at the time, you know, Israel was just being dumb and not doing what they were supposed to do. And, and God brought the Midianites to come and, and oppress them. And they were under, you know, the, the Midianites for a while. And, um, and God calls Gideon, right? And if you remember the story, like Gideon, it says he was in the, this wine press. He was like, threshing out wheat, like, and, but he was hiding from the, you know, from the, the Midianites because he didn't want to be seen, right? And then the angel of the Lord comes and says, God, God, uh, God is with you, O valiant warrior. And he's like, this guy's hiding. He's like afraid. And God calls him a valiant warrior, right? <clears throat> and uh, he says, I'm going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to, I choose you to, I'm going to choose you to deliver, you know, Israel from the Midianites. And he's like, whoa, whoa God, I mean, like, you can't choose me. Like, in the tribe of Manasseh, my family's like the lowest, the lowest of the family. Like, you can't use me. And, and not even that. Like I'm the like the last born. I'm like the the youngest. How are you? you? No, no, you can't use me. That's you. You made a mistake, basically, right? And um, but no, he says he. So no, I'm going to use you. And and you know, Gideon was willing to go. And um, if you guys you know read the story in verses in uh, Judges six and seven, right? It says in the beginning, like he you know he he brings up the armies about like thirty thousand in the beginning, and God's like, no, we're not going to use. That's that's too many. Because if I were to give you the victory now with this many, Israel's going to be like, oh, look, by my own hand I did this, right? Like, we look at look at Israel, we're strong, we did it ourselves. And no, you're not going to get the glory. So so tell them, whoever wants to leave, whoever's afraid, leave now. And it's a 20,000 left, and there was only 10,000 left, right? Then he had another uh, <coughs> test for them. And at the end, there was 300 men, right, against an army. And we know that we know the story that God, you know, God got the victory, and it wasn't, it wasn't Gideon, it wasn't, the army, but it was God who got the victory over those things, and and how God can do, um, you know, again, if we're willing to be used by God, if we're being like, Lord, this is all I got, but if you want to use me, use me, right? And God's like, I can use you. I can do, I can use you for my glory, and he's going to use you in a mighty, awesome way if we're willing, right? Again, we have to, uh, you know, <clears throat> stop looking at our, our uh, those shortcomings, because, you know, God already knows him, right? But he's, he can do mighty things through us if we allow him to if we're able to do those things. In verses uh, 30 and 31, we'll finish this off. It says, But God, uh, but by His doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. I love at the end, again, he comes back to this, this last portion of Scripture, right? Like he's, he's talking about it's, you know, but by His doing, we are in Christ Jesus, right? All of us, whoever's in Whoever's given their lives to Christ, we're all in Christ Jesus. There's, again, we're all on level ground, right? There's no one higher or lower than, than anyone else in the kingdom of God. It's Christ who's, who's exalted, not us. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we need to remember those things when we come to the Lord. Like, this should be a place where we're, you know, 
where there's no fear of judgment, where there's no fear of a uh, <clears throat> of that that type of oh you know I you know I'm better than you are right, or that type of attitude, right? So we shouldn't be competing against each other, right? Competition is good in sports and in other things, but in the church there should be no competition, right? Like I'm holier than you are, right? That's 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 like that's that's dumb. And when we start doing those things and we start arguing and bickering. You know who you know who notices those things. The world notices those things. And they're like, this is this is what the church is all about. I don't want to be there. I don't want nothing to do with that, right? And we bring a we bring shame to the name to the name of the Lord when, when we do these things, right? Because in the end, it's it's all about Jesus Christ. It's Him who it's Him who's called us. It's, it's because of Him that we're here today, right? It's not because of any man, any pastor, or anyone like that. It's because of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Today. That's why we're, we're reading His Word and and it's being taught. It's all about Jesus Christ. Right, it says, who became to us wisdom from God. And I love this again because the Corinthians, this Greek philosophy, they're all about wisdom, right? They're all about knowledge and intellect and, and having this higher thought of learning. But it says, no, in Christ Jesus, that's where true wisdom is, right? <clears throat> in Colossians 2, 3, it says, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Jesus Christ, right? Not in, not in a, you know, not having this four-year degree in, in philosophy or whatever, reading these different poets and all these things and i'm not saying anything about that 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 that's wrong to do or anything like that but but when it takes the place of god and and we think oh this is how i obtain to god you know by by having this strong intellect then then we then we miss it right it's all about jesus christ but he says here by his doing you are in christ jesus who become wisdom from god and righteousness and sanctification and redemption and i love these right Um, these words you know all these things righteousness redemption sanctification, these are all, they, they play huge roles in our salvation, right? In all these things, but it says, and this is, all this is, is from God, not from ourselves, right? <clears throat> when he speaks of righteousness, right, he talks about righteousness means like um, our standing, right? It has to do with our standing before God, right? Where we stand before him, God's righteousness, his righteous standards. But since me and you, we fall short of that, right? Right, God has his law, he has his righteous standard, we all fall short of the Bible's clear, it says we all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? But since we fall, we've fallen short, God made a way you know, through Jesus Christ, and now because of him, we're, we're justified, right? Believing on his finished work of the cross, we're justified. We are now made right in God's eyes because of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, right? Not in no one else, in him. In Jesus Christ, sanctification it means that that basically talks about how we're set apart, right? We're being saved from the power of sin. We have a new relationship to sin, right? I mean, we're dead to it, right? We shouldn't be dead to it. We shouldn't have the same relationship we had before we came to Christ to sin, like where we indulge in it and just you know go after our lust and all those things. We have we have a new relationship to we're dead and we're daily growing in holiness. And it's uh, it's not about us like. When we're saved, it's not that we're sinless anymore, right? It's not like, oh, I see sinning anymore. I don't sin. But it shouldn't mean that we, you know, we should be sinning less, right? That makes sense, right? We shouldn't, <clears throat> we shouldn't be doing the same things that we, we have this new relationship to sin. John 17, verses 17 through 19 says this, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth, right? I love how God's word is so simple. It's like, sanctify them in truth. What's truth? Your word is truth right there, right? says, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Speaking of the disciples, for their sake, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth, right? right? He's our sanctification. In him, we are set apart for his glory, right? God, you know, God, uh, Jesus Christ was set apart 
you know, to, to be the Lamb of God, and now he set us apart to do his, you know, to, to further his kingdom and tell people about him. Right, sanctification is this awesome process that, that we're all going through. And again, it goes back to that whole, you know, when we're, you know, we feel unworthy, you know, God is, God is continuing to work in us. We're a work in progress until the day Christ Jesus takes us home, right? In uh, <clears throat> Philippians 1, 6, it says, you know, being confident of this, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. We're all a work in progress, right? Like this side of, of, of heaven on earth, like we're never going to attain and be like, yeah, I'm perfect now, I'm good. Right now we're, we're continuing, we're always being worked on, we're always progressing, we're always being, um, you know, built up in, in the Lord. And uh, you know, that won't be complete until we're in heaven with the Lord. But until then, we're a work in progress. You know, when, there are going to be times where we, we trip up and, and those, times are, those times are bummers, right? But we need to understand that God's faithful to lift us back up and be, okay, let's, let's shake the dust off, let's, let's get going again, right? And let's, let's, let's do this. Right, and then he talks about redemption, <clears throat> and uh, that emphasizes the fact that we've been set free, right, because of Jesus paying the price for our sins on the cross. Right, the idea behind redemption, I, I always liked. Um, you know, if you ever read the Greek or know the Greek, if you like look deeper into it, right, the Greek meaning, because like the, the the English the English language, you can lack a lot, right. You know, we use love for everything, right. Like I love the Lord, I love my wife, but I love In and Out. You know what I'm saying? And we use we <clears throat> it loses meaning, but in the Greek, like there's like four different words for love, like they're, they're all different meanings. But um, for redemption, the idea of redemption is, you know, back in, in those ancient times, you know, these slavery was, was a big thing, right? So they had these slave markets where you, you can purchase a slave, basically, right? And uh, sometimes you purchase slaves so you, they can work for you, but some people would purchase a slave so they can free them, right? And that's the idea behind redemption is, is, being, is being purchased out of the slave market, in, in this sense, the slave market of sin, right? And being permanently set free. Man, that's, that's amazing. And the price that was paid for that was, was his blood, was his life on the cross. That was a that was a cost, that was a price for our freedom was, was Jesus Christ on the cross. And again when we come to the cross, when we when we see the sacrifice of God, when we see the cross and, and it's stained with his blood, how can any of us be like, Yeah, I'm, I'm like, look at me, right? I don't know how you can look at the cross and be like, Oh look at me instead. No, it's you can't because we see uh <clears throat> we see his sacrifice for us and it's um I don't know, it over it's overwhelming, right to to know that he loved me so much, and I know, like you know, I wasn't deserving of that love, right? In uh, Romans three twenty four, it says this: Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Je- through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins, right? That's awesome. Like when, when He when He makes us righteous, He basically means like we're made right in His sight now, and it was through Jesus Christ, <clears throat> and um. All those things again, they 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 all come from Jesus, right? No man can do that for you. No woman, no no one on this earth can can make that sacrifice for you and and um you know and save you from your sins and and, and give you grant you access into heaven. Only Jesus Christ can. So why do we look at why do we look to exalt other people? I don't know why. I guess it's in our nature to do those things to to, to exalt someone to to follow after someone. We need to be following after Christ. Yes, we God has, has placed over us a, a pastor who you know who loves us, who, who feeds us his word, who wants to lead us to Christ. But, um, you know, we need to be following Jesus Christ. You know, without him, none of this would, would be here, right? None of us would be doing what we're doing. So we need to make our boast, just like it says in Jesus Christ. We need to give him the glory. Every opportunity we have, you know, we need to give him the glory, right? When it says, man, that's awesome, you know, what you're doing. Or when, when someone says, oh, that's, you know, that's awesome what you're doing to you. It's like, it's not me. Like, I don't, I don't do anything, right? Right, it's, it's it's the Lord, it's Jesus. You know these these kids, they love Jesus, right? If you see them serving, like, I have awesome. Like, I, when when uh, when 
when me and uh, my wife Sarah took over, like we inherited amazing kids, right? And it's nothing I did at all. They just they have a love for the Lord, and the Lord is using the youth group for His glory. <clears throat> and um, you know, he, he wants to use me as well in the youth to you know to teach them and everything. But it's it's not about me; it's about the Lord. Um, one more verse, and then uh, I guess we'll, you know, to kind of finish it off. But this is my one of my favorite Psalms. It's Psalms one fifteen verse one, and it's. It, uh, it fits well in, in here. It says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness, right? And I love this, um, this psalm because it's, it's right to the point. It's not to us, Lord, but to your name be the glory because your faithfulness and because of your love, right? That's what we need to be. We, we need to, you know, we can look at, like, the Corinthian church and be like, man, shame on you guys for the way you're acting, right? Or we can give our criticisms because we like doing that a lot, you yeah. People are like, they love, they're like giving their opinion on things. <clears throat> we can see them and be like, oh man, you know, like, look at this church, right? Like, I can't believe they're, they're like that. I can't believe they're doing such petty things, but like, you know, we do the same things. And we need to examine ourselves. We need to remember that we are flawed, right? In, in, in God's sight, you know, in, we're flawed, but we're chosen by God to do an awesome work. And God wants to use us. And, you know, again, the question is, are you willing to be used by God? That'd be awesome if, if all of us just really just, you know, had that desire person in our hearts say let's all let's just do this let's, let's go let's let's follow hard after the lord let's let's leave everything behind and, and man god can do an amazing thing it's exciting to to think about that to contemplate that um i want to leave you guys with this little i guess poem it's by this guy is um his name is ab simpson but it's really good and um it says this <clears throat> it says not i but christ be honored love exalted not i but christ be seen be known be heard not I, but Christ in every look and action. Not I, but Christ in every thought and word. Right? So again, it's all about Jesus Christ, and, and to Him be the glory, not ourselves. Let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You so much, God, um, Lord, for the sacrifice that You've made, God, for, Lord, everything that, that, that we have, Lord, in... Um, Lord, the, the, the heavenly blessings, Father, salvation, God, everything that You've that we have, Lord, it's from you, God. <clears throat> Lord, sometimes we can get caught up, Lord, and look to ourselves, Father, and and um, glory and exalt ourselves, God. But, Lord, the, the glory needs to be given to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give us humble hearts, God. Lord, that we would rightly look at ourselves, Lord, not looking at ourselves in a in a low way or, or in, in a high way, but looking at ourselves, um, Lord, at, at, a, at a gut level, Father. And, and um that we would look to you, Father, that we would have hearts, Lord, just as you did it. <clears throat> Lord, if, if we purpose in our heart to serve one another, Lord, then there wouldn't be so much um, division, Lord. I pray that we would desire to be more like you, Lord, and, and have your heart, Father, and have your eyes, Lord, and have your mind, God. I thank you for this church, Lord, and for uh, everyone who's here, Lord. I pray that you would just speak to their hearts, God, and for those who, uh, who may be just battling, Lord, with, with wanting to serve you but are afraid or or, Lord, are hesitant because they feel unqualified, God. Lord, know that, Lord, that you've chosen them, Lord, that you've made them qualified, God. Lord, that you're going to enable them through your Holy Spirit to, um, Lord, to minister to the children, to the youth, to the adults, in whatever, Lord, whatever aspect, Lord, you want to use them, God. And I pray that they would be willing, Father, and let go of those hesitations and those, um, those things that are holding them back, Father. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, and we just praise you in your name. Amen.